0: And welcome everybody. This is Man Up. Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast number 206. Hard to believe. And what's even harder to believe is this is the first time together since March 11, 2020. That means we've done 61 podcasts on Zoom. Big round of applause Hooray! for everybody that worked. Woohoo! <laughs> <hard.
2: laughs> Get All right.
0: us through that. Thank you so much. Calling this is the together. butterfly. This is the butterfly. We come out of the cocoon now. We're ready to fly. And <clears throat> we're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is actually the studio at Sugar Land Baptist Church. So grab a globe, and spin it around. BOOM! Not really sure where you ended up, but go ahead and spin it around. Find Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we're at. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us are on this our individual faith walk, exercising the faith muscle, just the way it should be. And we're so glad that you joined us, whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive every, all of our podcasts. Our website, which is at man upspiritualoasiscom or even pray.com, or other platforms. We're glad that you found us. Basically, what we do is we are men-oriented. We take an ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School lesson, and we update it. We spin it around. We peel back the layers. We put a man spin on it. And apply it to our lives today and that's what makes this so unique and that's why it's been called gritty authentic and unexpectedly funny because these guys are and I can't tell you how great it is to be in the studio with them so at this time I'm going to go ahead and uh, just introduce the fellas and uh, and then I'm going to go get an overview and so on the panel of course We have. He is our producer. He is a professional policy writer and a professional gambler. That's Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, Steve. Hey, producer. Yeah.
3: The mask has come off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And.
3: Geez, at least at home I could turn the volume off. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right, right. And. Chiming in from in-studio, but originally from Lausiana, Mr. Pink, he's a deacon, Kyle Trahan. Hey,
3: Kyle. And
0: you can't have uh, anything in today's litigious society without having an attorney. We have a former prosecutor, he is an attorney, so he used to be able to throw the book at you. He could defend you if he wanted to. That's the judge, Michael Cropper's here.
4: Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Oh, hey,
0: oh. hey, Mike. <laughs> and, and the group theologian, but also add this, add tech to his resume. He is a trainer at not some pansy Fortune 500 company, but a Fortune 100 company. Uh, we call him the professor, Robert Koshu, he's here. Hey,
2: Robert, Robert! Robert, and you know you you call me the producer, but Robert Robert is here. Koshu's on the keyboard. <laughs> he's got he's got the sound mixer in front of him. He's he's uh he's working it by like a <laughs> he's a
3: mixologist.
2: <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> a mixologist in church. <laughs> That's the first. Uh, we are in the uh, study of Mark, Connect 360. We use a lot of different publications. This is from Baptist Way Press. It's been great. Uh, this is uh, about the seventh lesson, and we're going to go ahead and uh, go around the room and just get some thoughts from the fellas, a brief overview before I read the scripture,
5: and start with the, the professor. So, yeah, this is, we are actually looking at the story of the calling of Levi and so we're really I'm really excited about looking at that because he was a tax collector nobody likes tax collectors we don't even like them today they were hated even more back then and so we'll talk about why they were hated as we get into this so this will will be fun
0: excellent uh, Judge
4: Michael Cropper. In uh, a few words about the lesson, this lesson is about Jesus calling a disciple who the Pharisees do not like. And the other disciples do not expect him to call. Uh, I have a friend, Robert, who worked for the IRS as an auditor. Of course, he's an Very interesting. I, I met him and I learned about his profession after I had the opportunity to meet him. Uh, he's actually a pretty nice guy. fairly good guy. Uh, he made fairly good money as an auditor for IRS, so I could uh, I could sort of compare him to the central person you just talked about, Levi or Matthew. Uh, he did retire and he didn't go to work for a private company making more money after getting 25 years or so experience with the IRS. Um, in today's lesson, Jesus does not discriminate to whom he teaches the gospel. Uh, he went in the synagogue to teach whoever attended. That's Matthew 4:23. If you want to follow us with some scriptures, this included Greeks, foreigners, Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes. He also taught many people outside the synagogue wherever they would meet him. Okay, this week's lesson is quite colorful, as Robert already mentioned. That guys have have already expressed to you. Jesus calls another disciple, but he is not. Of the lower class like you might think he is. In fact, the name of the lesson was uh, Friends of Low Places, but and, and the author makes a main point, God delights in, in using the ordinary and unqualified to express His glory. Unqualified, I agree with. Uh, Matthew was a tax collector, and as such, when we read the scriptures, there's some indications the and inferences that he, in fact, was wealthy. Uh, so the, defeat, the Pharisees uh, are going to badmouth him because of his profession, but that's okay. We're going to talk about it like Robert said. I look forward to it. Bill?
0: Friends in low places. Did he call Garth Brooks? <laughs> I, I was thinking <laughs> that same thing. Kyle Trahan, your overview of the
3: <laughs> I, I I'm still scared somebody's going to put... Clip of that song on this podcast somewhere. I, <laughs> I, I really am scared because I don't do the. Well, I, don't, well. I don't do Could the mixing. I, the, I, I think the, that would work, but, but you uh, know that just me. had a and
5: ruin your black tie fair. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, we really got to get off that, Bill. I'm blaming you for that. Um, you know, Robert mentioned it earlier that uh, you know most people don't like the uh, the tax collector, and you know uh, Mike as well. I used to they
4: do don't like bike as well. Uh, Tax for well, you commented on somebody with oh, your hair. <laughs> uh, this you is
3: going to be a long night. Uh, <laughs> You know, so I used to do uh, property tax reduction, so I'd actually go to the taxing authority and go argue with them about people's property taxes, you know, and everything, and I I used to love doing it. It was fun. I just like to argue, so, you know, and they were paying me to do so, and so it was quite fun. Um, But I really did, well, I still don't like paying the taxes, I guess, and so nobody really does. Um, You know, so... In the, the intro here to our lesson, the author wrote something that caught my attention. And uh, I just found something in a desk that we got. Um, well, we got a desk from my mother-in-law, and it was something that had gotten crammed up behind the drawer. Was it a lean? Right, no. Right. And uh, so it was this little prayer, but the, the author uh, wrote in there that... Um, Often we may feel inadequate or ill-equipped when God calls us to feel, uh, to follow him. And so the, the little prayer isn't perfect adaptation to it, but it, I think, gives the same basic idea. Um, it says, this is God. I will be handling your problems today. I will not need your help. So have a good day. <laughs> but what I take from those two things is that we may be ill-equipped, but God will take care of what is needed. Anyway, there Bill, is Steve Titch, uh, yeah. your overview. Producer Steve.
2: Well, yeah. I, we've been talking about it as being a tax collector, and back then tax collectors were pretty corrupt. Uh, they were not liked at all by the people, and certainly not liked by the religious authorities. Who, who may not even wanted them in the synagogue, even in the back row, and, and it'll be an interesting study because the last couple of weeks we've looked at Jesus uh, performing some miracles, uh, administering to lepers, administering to a paralytic man, basically doing you know the classic Jesus thing in showing compassion and mercy to the disenfranchised. But in this story, he goes up the social levels. Task collectors definitely were ostracized, but they were wealthy, they were connected with the Roman establishment, and the feeling pretty much was mutual as far as as the way they thought about the Pharisees. Pharisees didn't like them, they didn't like the Pharisees, and perhaps they they had no use for all the trappings of The Jewish faith of the time. Now that we don't know if they, you know, believed in God or not, but I I have a feeling they felt, uh, you know, that since since they weren't welcome in the temple, well, the heck with it. Uh, I'm not. Don't need your sacrifice. I don't need your temple taxes. Uh, I'm fine just the way we are. And here we have Jesus um, approaching them, and and I and I see the more uh, I keep. Hearing a, a Ray Liotta voiceover in this, because I think these guys dressed nicely. They had fine accommodations, fine homes, and maybe there's a kid on the street there who said, "Ever since I could remember, I always wanted to be a tax
4: collector." We call those politicians
0: <laughs> today. <laughs> you know, they kind
4: of no. I think they're kind <laughs> of
2: the Carpanium <laughs> the <laughs> Goodfellas. Yeah. <All> right. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, the the fair. So so um the analogy may not hold completely but we have a chance to talk about uh how jesus approached people who felt they didn't need the whole religious thing they didn't need these rules they didn't need this and they were perfectly happy perfectly successful yet they did see something in jesus matthew
0: did Absolutely, hmm, that's interesting uh
4: you know, I was completely lost with you not starting out with Steve. <laughs> first, first, oh, first, yeah. You always, the last 200 podcasts, uh-huh. if you go back to <laughs> the.
3: Yeah,
4: and always. Okay, I'm with Kyle. Let's and, right, and he goes yeah. to Steve for the opening words and the description. <laughs> and he didn't do this on. And I'm going, Robert, <laughs> did, did he not remember Steve sitting up in there? <laughs> oh my, oh my, sorry, anyway, yeah.
0: Excellent. And, uh, my take on this particular lesson is an HR take on it, and I'm yeah, going to go John ahead. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to read uh, the scripture. It's Mark two thirteen through seventeen. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The HR angle that I was going is this. My dad would hire people based on attitude and not aptitude. And he always said that if you have the right attitude... I can teach you how to be useful. I, if I hire someone that has the aptitude but does not have the attitude, that is going to be a disgruntled employee. Okay? That's my first point. My second point is this. By this time, Jesus was rock star status. Okay? Levi yeah. knew him. And so and and the, the thing about it is about the Bible and stuff, okay, and he immediately went. I think Levi knew him, and when he got the invitation, it felt like he had been called. He had been it'd it been a call and so it's like he was invited into the group of disciples.
2: But and, why would he go with them? Why why I mean we we have talked about Peter and the fisherman. What what motivates Matthew to get up from his tax booth? And not he only that, invite it invites well, yeah. and I mean, make it yeah, yeah. Make it a good Yes, wedding. right. So so what, what I guess that's why it.
0: would you change from that? Okay, mm-hmm. the money does not satisfy you, it doesn't make you whole. That's like the person who was an engineer, happened to be um, related to me. I'll say his name's Bruce because it's Bruce. And he quit being a petroleum engineer because he always wanted to be a math teacher. And that's what he did. And his wife hated it, but it fulfilled him. It filled something that money did not.
2: Well, but why did he think Jesus was the guy? That's not—I that, mean, I mean, like, this, you're, what you're giving me, Bill? I hate to say it, okay, you're giving well, me church answers. Well, I, I, I don't you disagree. With I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I, I think yes. He, but, but what? He, he's sitting there. He's—you know—maybe he's been thinking this over, and along comes Jesus, who is this rock star, as you said. Right. Why? Because up to now, I'm going to assume that Levi and Matthew is pretty cynical. He's, you know, nobody likes him. He's, he's probably gets, he, he doesn't probably get a whole lot of abuse because he's got some power, but nobody likes giving him money. Uh, he has to collect it. He goes home to his fraternity of fellow tax collectors. What about, why does he even pay attention to this guy who's walking around? You know, saying all these things about the kingdom of God, and, and yeah, he's doing some some pretty miraculous things. But to me, Matthew is a cynic. Matthew's seen it all, done it all. There he is. But, but and I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm throwing I, that out. Uh, why does uh, I would disagree agree
4: with you? Okay. <laughs> the first reason, and I thought about very much what you said because they have such a bad reputation. <clears throat> Matthew was a pretty good guy. The first thing he did was invited and allowed tons of people mm-hmm. to come to his house while Jesus was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I don't think his character instantly changed mm-hmm. when every followed Jesus. I believe he had a good character. A lot of the the tax collectors desired possibly serving God, but they knew they were hated, and they liked the idea of the money. And they had, you had to be strong-willed to be a tax collector, mm-hmm. right? Because You knew when you took the job, you were going to be disliked. You knew that Mm -hmm. people were going to criticize you and talk behind your back. And maybe even criticize your family. But that doesn't mean some of them were not, in their hearts, good people. They were just
0: strong-willed, like Bill. (laughs) Well, and with that, we're going to go ahead, and it's time for our first break. This is Man Up, podcast number 206. We will be right back. The Man Up Podcast, No Church Answers Tour is going live. That's right. The gambler, the professor, the judge, the deacon, and me. Bill Cox, the director, will record a podcast with a live audience Saturday, June 19th at 10 a.m. up on the third floor at Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland. For our listeners in the Houston area, this is an awesome way to begin your Father's Day weekend. So come on down. Meet the fellas and be part of the show. Admission is free, so be sure to get here early. We've got a special Bible study planned, and there will even be some audience participation. And yes, the show will post a few weeks later in our regular feed. So that's the Man Up Spiritual Oasis live podcast recording, 10 a.m. Saturday, June 19th at Sherland Baptist Church. The exact address is 16755. Southwest Freeway. Approximately, that's Highway 59 and Sweetwater Boulevard, Sugarland, Texas. Hope to see you there. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual License for Men, podcast number 206. This is our butterfly. We're, we're out of the cocoon, and we are together in studio here in Sugar Land, Baptist Church. The Man Up studio, we are talking about Levi, who becomes Matthew, being called by Jesus. Real quick.
4: Jesus established himself as a phenomenal guy. You call him a rock star. But he does miracles. He casts out demons. And with great authority he teaches. And, and the miracles reminds me of Kyle. Kyle always says, I would like to be someone who can, can do miracles. Can and he He saw it. <laughs> That's right, and, and the uh, there's nothing here that says a tax collector can't desire those things too, in the in their heart of hearts, because in us, sometimes deep inside of us, is a a desire to do right. Even the criminals who are in jail, unless they totally shut it down, can have a call from the Holy Spirit to do what is right and to serve the Lord. So, anyway, what what I'm getting at here is is he's seen Jesus do miracles. He's seen the apostles, the four Apostles that have been called so far, and the four disciples walk by. And I bet in his heart he's going, I wish he'd call me, I'm bored with this. We don't know how old he was. He could be 60, he could be 50, he could be at a retirement age. We don't know, but in his heart I perceive just from the fact that he allowed everybody to come to his house, whether they were sinners or tax collectors or whatever, in his heart he's got a good heart.
3: Steve was asking, you know, what, what made him leave? I'm thinking all you would have had to do was hear Jesus one time. You know, for me to realize, oh, this could be the Messiah. You know, um, just because Levi was a tax collector doesn't mean that he didn't know some of the law, didn't, doesn't mean that he didn't know religion or scripture or anything else. I mean, it may not have been a part of daily practice or anything, and I know some atheists that don't know anything, but this is a different time. Jesus is walking around near him. So you're going no matter what, even if you didn't believe prior to experiencing something of Jesus, I think that in itself would have made him turn. To Mike's point, though, he could have been just stuck in a dead-end job. Sure, he's making money, but if it wasn't fulfilling. I mean sometimes that no, could be some of it that uh, just like in today's society, people uh, uh, make I, a good living but they can't I've got a throw, friend who wants throw, to get uh, out of out of his job but he's stuck because he can't start over uh, I'll agree. i
2: agree to some extent. I d I don't think people thought of jobs as fulfilling and and <clears throat> and like we do today. No, um, I think you did what you could do. Yeah. Um. There, but I'll answer my own question in part, and and, and then we can kick it around because I know Robert's and stuck. I think I think he saw that Jesus was irritating the Pharisees as much as the tax collectors were. <laughs> <laughs> I think he saw. I think he saw. If the enemy of my enemy, is my friend. He's he's walking around giving no temple answers. <laughs>
4: Robert, and no and, temple and, answers. and we just saw, we
2: just saw we just saw him. Uh, Tweak the Pharisees right at the end of the the previous story with the paralytic uh where he called them out and uh he can he continued to call them out so I think he Matthew Levi and his tax collector friends saw this saw saw Jesus and saw a different type of individual, a different type of Jewish teacher who seemed to be breaking from the the ilk and i think that was part of it and i think i, was, I mean i'm not really, really, going to say there's there's also that the well, that that, mm-hmm. that there may be something nagging back there about looking for something more but i noticed his, his
5: approach that gee, he, he, i think he liked jesus because the guy was a rabble-rouser okay. well, he was a rabble-rouser but but, I, but but let's also pay attention so steve, steve kind of commented about the good fellows Capernaum. <laughs> <laughs> And notice, what does he do? So Jesus comes to the tax booth and says, follow me, Levi, so he was a Jew. Matter of fact, this is the same Matthew that wrote the Gospel of Matthew, which is literally called the Gospel to the Jews. Because if everybody remembers, what does Matthew start out with? The genealogy of Jesus that proves that Jesus is the son of David, the son of Abraham, you know, the Messiah. The guy we've been waiting for. So he he had a legitimate faith connection at some point to to get that. And like you said, here comes this guy. He starts talking. And interestingly enough, he is part of a upper. And I'm going to say the the tax collectors lived in the Sugarland section of Capernaum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they lived over in the Nicer houses. They had the mansion with the 3 car garage and 3,500 square feet and the camper, the boat, or whatever other accessorizing you wanted because they had money. Motorized chariots. Yeah, yeah. There you go. they had the they had nice chariot. So, you know, the Mercedes chariot. They had the Mercedes chariot. But these guys had money. So what? But what does Matthew do the first thing he can? He looks over and he goes... Hey, guys, come over and eat with me, and Jesus is going to be there. <laughs> and, and obviously and, people came. Oh, his friends came. Oh, and, his and friends, friends all came. <laughs> and and the best part about it is, as much as what he did last time tweaked the Pharisees, <laughs> this tweaks them even more. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, my God. Now, he's first he touches on... And, and I want you to do the math on this from three weeks, right? What's the first thing he did? He touched a leper. Oh my God! You can't touch! It. You're not supposed to do that. Second thing he did, he forgave somebody's sins. Uh, wait, 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 wait. now he's eating with the tax collectors.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what but, the heck? <laughs> why? Why did they go to the disciples and you know? Been their ear in afraid this.
4: of Jesus up well, with a martyr. <laughs> no, <not. laughs> the, the,
3: uh, the secondary follow up to that is is why weren't the disciples there with Jesus like right up in the house? Or because I mean the Pharisees were the Pharisees in the house? Probably oh, they, not. they,
2: they couldn't look at they they I mean it was a small town. I assume everybody talked, and maybe you saw well, the, the so <laughs> all the uh, the cars the chariots <laughs> lining up yeah 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 you
3: know, <laughs> if you want want to be, but, be, but I think
2: I think <laughs> I, and, and I, maybe maybe yeah. the I mean we we I think he's he, I think he still has a few more to call but let's say we know four at least are here Right, uh, and this might be the probably fifth. Peter James and John, John are there.
5: Probably Andrew
2: and and so, and for so sure Matthew. So we so. don't know if they got to go in or if they're hanging around the outside. But definitely, I think what 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 we're picking up here is the buzz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you yeah. Know, this yeah. is what's yeah. going on.
5: Yeah. And and it may have been you know maybe one of the Pharisees knew Andrew or James or John. Mm-hmm. I mean they they were you know we we like to joke about them as poor fishermen, but you had to buy your fish from somewhere if you but were a Pharisee. Well, you still got to, go to, go to church. Yeah,
4: what yeah. First of all, we know the Pharisees. You guys know their background. They're extremely mm-hmm. incensed for being holy and eating with cleansed vessels and properly prepared food. Mm-hmm. They weren't eating with Andrew. Uh, pardon me. Mm-hmm. They weren't eating with at that house. No, mm-hmm. oh, no. They probably came oh, at no. the end of it, or they stood outside mm-hmm. until. <laughs> until they were coming to the end of it. Uh, they, and the author makes a comment on that in the book and it makes perfect sense that they did not eat the food that the tax collector put out, right? Because it may be contaminated. Yes, well, it could not have been blessed. I mean, they they they, they bought their stuff from the Roman market. So, yeah, they,
2: That's right. Or, 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 or got it from, you know, or, or to keep with the Goodfellas theme, it fell off a truck. Or fell off a chariot right.
1: somewhere.
5: <laughs> <laughs> they ran over <laughs> and killed him. Right. Well, well and, and I find it interesting that you, the, uh, I do find it interesting, I'll joke about it, the HR concept, because I, I do think Jesus was looking for people who, who. Matthew is going to be the exception of the educated among the disciples. He obviously was one of the. Well, with Luke, do, right? yeah, yeah. well there, Luke, Luke wasn't there, really an apostle. Luke's not song. part of the Twelve, though. <laughs> he yeah, but was, of he, 12, was, he was a friend of the of, of the Twelve, 12. Yeah. Matthew is definitely the most educated guy. I, yeah, I would 100% argue yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I do. I'm with you. Jesus sees, like Kyle says, Jesus sees beyond the superficial. He's not checking the boxes on the resume. He is literally looking for what you said, the right attitude. And, and I'll tell you this. I've done training for 20-something years now, and I used to have managers come in and go, God, they're doing horrible in class. Why don't you get rid of them? Because they're here on time every day. They show up early and ask me for help. They participate in class, and they do everything. If they're not performing after six months, you can fire them, but I'm not going to get rid of them because 99% of the time, the best person in class showed up late, always had an attitude, thought he knew everything. (laughs) I didn't have time for him. You know, I'd, I'd be more apt to fire him than I would be the other guy just because the things you have, I can't train. It's what you have inherently in you. And I think that's one of the lessons Jesus teaches here is he is looking beyond those little things that we look at as human beings. He is literally looking for what God wants and what God needs. And he sees to the heart and that heart is what we look for and what we have to start looking for in people instead of the superficial things.
3: Well, and he also drew together a uh, quite a diverse crew, you know, to back him up. It, it also would show people that anyone can come. You know, if I can accept Levi into my Brotherhood, then everyone is welcome. all you have to do is accept
2: what you're saying is really important, and i 'm going to set this up because we 're getting close to the break but this is this is a particularly good point for men, especially men who are dealing with the American church right now, as to how to approach people who have felt rejected by it, who are not necessarily. Poor or or needing anything, who might see themselves as quite self-contained, might see themselves. Uh, what I'm thinking of are are the nuns, the n o n e s, the nuns, or as you like to call them. They're not. This is not a. This is not necessarily the same group. The ex-vangelicals being others who truly feel rejected by the church. Nuns just feel. Kind of like, well, I believe in God or I have a spiritual notion, but I'm not into the whole organized religion thing. So I think, I think what we have here are some examples, again, by Jesus, how to approach a group of people who either feel completely rejected by the church, still might be looking for God, uh, but may not want anything to do with organized religion or may feel they don't need
0: Organized religion. Well, that's a good point because that's one of the things that man up is designed for The vast majority of men that come to church are coupled up. They're, they're, they're married men We don't do outreach very well to people that are divorced Separated widowed maybe even never married like when I started this church i would never been married. i had been in the navy. I just graduated college. No, they sent me in the divorce recovery group. There was thirty-three <laughs> scorned women and three men. And the reason why I stayed is because I have four sisters and I miss getting abused by it. <laughs> uh, so I say, them. it felt like home. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It reminded, it reminded me of home. But but see, that's that's the thing, and it's the resilience that. We have to kindle in people. The faith journey, it, it's not going to be easy, but it's not going to be any easier if, if you ignore it, okay? Because what it does is when you're on that faith journey, exercising the faith muscle, you're bringing clarity to it you're understanding what your struggles are and you're going through your struggle as opposed with avoiding your struggle and having it follow you around like a shadow and you never get rid of it or through it. But see, that's the difference. And I and I totally get it. Um, people that feel disenfranchised uh, by churches. Uh, sometimes, though, you have to... Uh, put it on the people. Come. Invite them. You know? Show them what it's doing in your life and just invite them. That makes a difference.
5: I want to talk about this, so why don't we hit break? Because I'm... I, I've been praying for this for weeks. I have, oh, okay. I have warned everybody we were going to do it. <laughs> so here enough. we go. All right. <laughs> All right.
0: The No Church Answers Tour continues right after this break. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast number 206. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Facebook, under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for the Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast, and fellows of Man Up.
0: And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. And the teaser was for Koshu. Before he lights that bomb on fire, I'm just gonna see is there anybody else that has a burning comment that they want to make about this before I turn it over to Koshu? Kick, uh, kick, no, I'm scared. Kick. All right. <laughs> okay.
5: Take so, cover. Here we go. Um, I have been... So, I, I've been dabbling in other podcasts. By the way, if you can get past some of their language, the Civil War Breakfast Club is a great podcast if you're into Civil War. Um, you guys all know we, I listen to a Fork in Time podcast hosted by a friend of mine from high school. He actually gave us a shout-out when we hit 200. But... Somewhere along the way, I found out about this group called, and and they go with the hashtag, and Steve referred to them a second ago, called Exvangelicals. And one of the original members of DC Talk came out in the last two weeks as an exvangelical. And they talk about they are now deconstructing their faith, meaning they are tearing their faith apart. And I am going to say from the beginning, there are some legitimate complaints from within that group. However, as Mike alluded to, because he said he'd listened to a few of them, uh-huh. they, there's no death there. There's zero death. They, they, well, I went and took a couple of Bible classes, and most people won't tell you that Paul didn't really write Ephesians. It was really written by his by his secretary? No, that's one of the theories about Ephesians. I'll tell you right now, that's <laughs> not a hardcore fact. That is a theory. Matter of fact, I can tell you right now, probably eighty-five to ninety percent of Paul's letters were probably dictated to his secretary who wrote them. Right. Well, that's what we're going to talk yeah, about. Bible literacy. Yeah. yeah here, it, it, about it, it, are you surprised?
2: And you talk, I mean, yeah. yeah. Matthew. <laughs> the gospel is attributed to Matthew. There are a lot of reasons to believe it was written by Matthew, but no one really knows for sure. But if you're going to get your your faith hung up over that.
5: You might as yeah. well literally but, hang it up. You know, but they, they <laughs> have some legitimate... <laughs> that's funny. They ha- they do have some legitimate complaints. They have some discussion. There, there's a lot of discussion around the purity movement, which the purity movement, I will honestly admit, I we've talked several times over. Um, Steve and I were talking before the podcast. The purity movement existed in the 90s through early 2000s, and it was basically the idea of we wanted to try to stop premarital sex among the teenagers in the church. So we went through this whole thing, but it, it got to the point where it was, well, you, you can't even date. And and that's when I just kind of put the brakes on and said, hang on a second. <laughs> you know, hang on a second. I'll freely admit I'm Baptist because the hot tennis player invited me to go to church. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just, just saying up front. Um, but it, it's one of those deals where these guys have legitimate complaints. But then they throw the baby out with the bathwater. And what they want is, a couple of the ones that I've listened to, they want to be, oh, well, I'm going to go have, you know, one of them is the, uh, what is it, God is Gray is her podcast, is the girl. And she's like, well, I'm I'm a single female and I'm having sex with whoever I want and wherever I want. And God still loves me and, and that's just fine. And I just look at her and I go, Okay, I'm going to take it one day, I'm going to turn it back here. So, woman, woman at the well. Jesus sat, chatted with her, asked her about her husband. He said, well, I don't have a husband. He goes, oh, you're right, because you've had seven, and the one you're with right now isn't your husband. So she goes through this whole, oh my God, you're the son of God, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, go and sin no more. You know, the, the thing is, Jesus. they want to say, Jesus fulfilling the law means that there's no Old Testament law. No, 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 no. Jesus took away the ultimate consequence of that sin because what he took away was the death that that sin requires. Now, flip it back into our story today, Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. He quit being a tax collector. There was a, There's another tax collector that, that everyone knows Jesus encountered. Anybody remember his name? Zacchaeus. Was a wee little man, and a wee little <laughs> man was he. I, was, I can't, I can't help oh myself. Yeah, too, too, too many years of BBS. <laughs> You but I know, I know. But but what did Zacchaeus do? He said, I'm, "From this point, I'm going to give everything. I'm going to give double back what I took that wasn't mine, and from this point forward, I'm going to just collect what I'm supposed to." Tax collectors, by and large, were thought of as very greedy people. Well, they, they, they they took a vig. They they were on the
2: take. <laughs> Let's be honest, they were on the take. But but and I'm sure. Do you think they extended? Alone like if you if you showed oh. up and you were short, they would do a little usury on the side. Oh I a little, totally think they little, that. Uh, you know, a few points
5: there. Uh. Absolutely. A <laughs> dark action. Yeah, well and well and and when they went to well it says here you owe thirty, but I think you owe fifty. Mm. it says I owe thirty, no you owe fifty. Mm. Otherwise mm. Mr Centurion here is gonna mm. go take yes. not only fifty, but he's gonna go through your house and find whatever else I want. I, I think a lot of that was going on. 100%. Oh, right, right, right. That matter of fact, right, there are other historical documents that support that. So but here's, the, Jeff, here's
0: the thing about the ex-evangelicals. Uh, I don't even think I'm saying their name right. Now. You are. But anyway, <laughs> you but anyway totally if you're willing to let a little stone stop your progress, you either need to get a new vehicle or stop driving. Well, that's
5: just a, that's important. just the way it is. But they they there are some that have some serious legitimate complaints. I I I'll be I will be the first to admit, it. you know, and, and and that up to the point where they flip it around, where they want to deny everything about their faith, because I have to deconstruct everything about my faith for me to do this. That's where I have a problem. I think they have. I think there are legitimate complaints. There are pastors. I have never encountered one in this church. I on to, you know. Never in the church have I encountered one. But there are pastors who abuse their power. Period. End of discussion. You know, and as bad as the Catholics were with it, the Southern Baptists weren't much better. We were a little better only in the sense that we didn't have an overarching diocese that controlled everything. But we did have we did have oh, pastors we, who didn't
2: we, open their mouths yeah, yeah. when when the guy called, hey, can I hire this guy? Oh, sure, he was great. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yes. no. I no, mean, that, that, was, that did occur. There, was, there is there was a decentralization, but you know, nobody was at the top. Which, yeah, but but nonetheless, there was no people should have opened their mouths and it get, was
5: swept under <laughs> the rug on a <laughs> point. But but they, they have legit. But it's once again, it's what you said, Bill, and, and what Mike and you guys have alluded to. they 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 get in there. Most of them have a, have left the church. By the time they're in early high school and by the time they're in high school or early college, big shock there. You go to college and your faith gets challenged. I'm shocked, shocked, I tell you, because your faith got challenged at college and then you couldn't deal with that backlash. So you didn't know, which is one reason why everybody, why do you teach you? Because they need to do this. You know, they have to do this. And we've you know, it's one of the things we talk about all the time is you've got to exercise your faith muscle to get that solid foundation as a guy. Because guess what? He said it again this Sunday, and once again I will say it's my favorite statement our pastor makes. I am not a perfect pastor. This is not a perfect church. The other
2: other thing, because I do want to talk a little about countering this, um, ex-evangelicals tend to look at the most extreme case and confuse that with the norm. You know, I, I kind of say you go, you go into maybe a, a union meeting in Detroit. You'll probably find one or two out-and-out out communist socialists in the group. You know, probably seventy years old, remembering those glory days. But so, so you'll find extremists in any group. But you got to look at you got to look at where, where you know, what do people listen to in that congregation? Who do they listen to? What does the pastor say? And usually it's a, it's it's a lot more mainstream, and so and I think that's a human tendency. Oh, I, I, you know, he said this, and you know, I I, I saw him, you know, so and so Jones in the hallway, and he he said, you know, all those gays should go to hell. And well, if that's the way they think, I'm 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 out of here. And that's that's one guy out of a congregation of what a thousand.
0: Yep. Right. <laughs> well, the the thing about it is that strikes me is it, it seems like they're trying to promote the fact that. Their life is better by subtraction. <laughs> they subtracted faith out of their life and made their life better. In
5: their terms, they deconstructed it. Or deconstructed yeah, yeah, but
0: yeah. Okay, but, but it's no longer a part of their life. The counter-argument counter is like someone like me. Faith has made my life better. It hasn't necessarily changed my circumstances all the time, but what it has changed <sighs> Is the way that I look at them. It also changes my relationship with the people around me. For example, you four fellows, if I hadn't gone to this church, I would have never met any of you unless you. Got your home fixed and hired us. I Who believe was, I
3: would have met you at my but nephew's I, but I wedding. That's <laughs> right. I,
2: I wanna be a right. But I do yeah. want to because, I do I want to ask you guys oh oh because because so so you're sitting around, you're having a beer with, with somebody and they say and you, you mention you go to church, you're all you are a Christian, you feel comfortable like that. And they they come back and saying, Yeah, yeah, you know, I think about it, but you know I just don't want to get involved in it, or I don't, you know, my wife goes there, but I just don't like to be, how do you get somebody, how, how do you get, how do you get through to somebody? How do you get somebody to leave their, leave I'm their tax booth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not my job. job. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. No, this is part. Don't pop out. This
4: is, this is. Part, we get,
2: we get. Okay, no, no. I'm saying this is more likely to show up in our circle than all the preaching and all the Sunday schools about the the Muslims who live down the street from us or the Hindus. We live in this great diverse community. Chances are you're going to find yourself face to face with a nun or someone like this. So, so don't say it's not your job. We have a great commission, believers of all men. It's fun to say, well, you know, I brought, a, I brought a little cake to my Muslim neighbor and stuck a card in, come to church. This is, you have a chance to talk about your faith with somebody who feels he doesn't need it. And so I'm saying, what do you, what, how do you do? Michael? Well, oh, Michael? Okay, yeah, 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 go ahead. I have, a, I have a cousin who is a stockbroker, and uh, we've wealthy.
4: been friends, he's pretty wealthy. And uh, he got involved with a minister's wife, uh, <laughs> one that's been on TV and everything like that. And, uh, and he said that took him away from the Lord. Well, first of I asked, and so I asked him very clearly. First of all, okay, did you ever know the Lord? Did you ever accept Christ as your Savior? Well, no, but I grew up in church and everything like that. I said, uh, and he's been telling me you need to buy the book, The Myth what religious a myth, I forget the name of it. i has got it written <laughs> home. He wants me to read that. And he says, uh this is all uh it's all a fairy tale, st- fairy tale. Everything about Christ, the Bible, the Old Testament, everything uh is, is a fairy tale and you need to read this. These myths and and, and whatever else the name of the book is, I, I didn't bring it with me. But anyway, my my I finally I said, Look, until you know or you accept Christ, you don't know if it exists, number one. Until you invite him into your heart, and he will come if you're serious, he will let himself know. You can you can walk away from him. But he will still come into your heart. If you ask him and you're sincere about it, he will come into your life and he will let him let you make known. Where am I going with this?
3: There's I have no idea. He's asking himself. The Holy
4: Spirit will go before you if, and, and Steve, you mentioned this casually, and you, you asked this great question, but you know where you're going with the answer on it also. Oh, you're coming. Like, how, do, how do you talk to people who don't want to come to church at the moment? right? I, I can and tell then, you
0: this. Yeah. You, I've had uh, I've had a couple of people have approached me. It doesn't happen often about uh, challenging me about faith or anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time I just said, um, "Okay, I get it. You're not a believer. You get hit by a bus. You're gonna pray to God to save you. You're gonna pray to dirt. What are you gonna it's do?" Bus, yeah. And and that's up to you. I've made my choice, and I'm going with it. I'm just a believer i it, it's affected my life. You might be able to tell you may not be able to tell, okay yeah. but it's the example that I set you know you you can watch it, you can learn from it or or you can ignore it or you can challenge it or or, or whatever that that that's up to you.
4: So. so what what I want to close with, right there, Bill, is talking about is the point is no one can argue with your personal experience with the Lord. Nobody oh, can absolutely. tell you you didn't have it. That that that's that's, that's it. it. You're not going to win. You're not
2: going to win, right. win converts with an argument. No. You're not going to win it with polemics or, or apologetics. Apologetic but you can one. talk about your experience. And and you know the the worst they can do is is walk away saying, well, you know that's 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 that's, that's you. Um, right. but it does pla- I think it does plant seed. Yes, it no. does it is, you know it, somebody looks real. at you know where you are how you approach life maybe it does make a difference. That's that's what you don't have to worry about Bill. I mean right. you don't have that's to worry right. about you yeah. know where it goes but I think you do it it is it it is there is part of your 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 call your your calling in some way or another in the, the great commission is is to is to plant that seed or toss that seed. right right, right.
0: Alright, and with that we're getting down to the end of podcast number two oh six. First time together uh in sixty-one podcasts. And I tell you what, uh I really haven't missed the beat. I was the last one here, just like every, every nine, other podcast. Nine,
3: nine
5: podcasts in more than one
2: year. <laughs> wow. Sixty one without an asterisk. Were
5: you, were <laughs> Are you old time baseball? baseball
0: fan. <laughs> <laughs> And hey, with that, we're going to get some final comments from the fellas. Uh, some takeaways. It's going
4: to start with
0: uh,
2: Kyle
3: Trehan.: We all have our our purpose, we all have our calling. I think for most of us, it's figuring out what that is. Once you figure out what it is, God and the Holy Spirit will help to develop that talent, you know um don't try and find somebody else's either. You know, um, if you're just starting in your in your walk and your search for the Lord, you know, you may be tempted to try and emulate somebody, you know, if you're in a class like this or something like that and you're looking, you know, uh, at other people, you know, I look at, at some of the fellows here in this class and go, my God, they're you know, these big biblical scholars and. Yeah, you know, they know their verses a lot more than me off the top of their head. And, I mean, Robert walks in with books, and Mike's Thank always got was. his laptop. <laughs> uh, Steve's always got some killer notes and stuff like that. You know, but I know that that's not necessarily my talent. You know, so <clears throat> people can get misled and try and follow the wrong path. So identifying what you're passionate about what you have energy for, what people seem to tell you and the feedback they give to you will help you to figure out what your kingdom assignment is.
0: Excellent. Uh, take away from you, Michael Crawford.
4: When you follow Christ, you will learn. You will learn to serve. You will learn by reading the, the, uh, the Bible. You will learn by praying. You will learn by spending time with Fellow Christians at a church. Now, the point, that, the big point, the guys made earlier about evangel- evangelicals—you're going to see, you're going to see things that you may not agree with or like. But this is normal, folks. Don't let it bend your your uh, uh, your character. Don't let it burn you out. Don't let it upset you. This is absolutely normal because we're not perfect. Christ is the only one that was perfect. And you'll see throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, many examples of people who got mad. Moses got mad and hit the stone and it kept him out of the, the land of Canaan. David didn't get mad, but he looked at a certain girl in the wrong way and 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 committed adultery with it. You will see problems throughout the Bible. And like I said, you may see it in your church also. Do not let that upset you. Go to your friends, go to people, talk to them and share them, and ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you and show you how you can in fact deal with it in a a way that that honors Christ. Excellent. Uh,
5: Take away from
0: you, Professor.
5: Jesus said it. Um, He didn't come for the Well, he came to be with the sinners. I mean, Jesus did not go hang out with the Pharisees in the temple. If he did, he was arguing with them. The only Pharisee we know that he had any lengthy conversation with was Nicodemus, who brought him in at night, because Nicodemus didn't want to be seen. He went to him at night. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know. But he wasn't hanging and, and He had a deep theological conversation with Nicodemus. I mean, it's way deeper than anything else he does with anybody else. Because Nicodemus was ready for that conversation. But he came to the sick. He came to the lost. You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, what do we do as Christians as the world has changed around us? We can't be benedicts. We can't pull into the monastery. It's hard to be salt and light to the world if you're hidden away. You know, it's like, you know, I I have really good barbecue rub. But if I leave my rub in the jar and never put it on any meat to season it with, that rub does me no good whatsoever. So it's really, you know, we've got to get out into the world and let the love of Christ show through us. And if you're if you're one of the nuns out there, you know, in and, and O N E, as Steve likes to say, um, there is something to this for us. There is something to this for you. And, and I love what Bill says. It's not, you know, my life hasn't always been better, because you know, I'll, be I'll be the first one to tell you that. If you're looking for your life to be better all the time because of your faith, you're not reading the same Bible I'm reading. Go read Job. Go read Jeremiah. You know, there are times that things aren't going to go your way. And you just have to be ready for that and deal with that. But go out and as men, our calling is to go out and be with people. Excellent producer,
2: producer Steve Ditch. Exactly. Uh, we see we see Jesus making this group of people feel welcome for the first time from from someone who is who claims to be a man of faith. He approached them and and says, "Follow me. I might have something for you." Uh, and to kind of um, look one more step beyond what what Robert was saying, which is which is all true, is that you have a choice. You can be like Jesus and go and make people who may be ostracized or may maybe feel they have nothing to, they want nothing to do with church. You can go make them feel welcome, feel worthy, feel respected that you respect them, or you can judge them. And look at the outcome. The Pharisees did not bring anybody to God. Jesus, we know, at least got Matthew. We don't know about the other tax collectors. We hope there were a few. Nonetheless, if you're going to bring people to God, you're going to have to go among people who don't know God.
0: Excellent. Uh, And with that, I want to just throw in uh, a kind of a man spin on this. Uh, when you're looking at people, don't look at their aptitude. Look at their attitude. And I think that's what that's what Jesus saw. And uh, he, he saw through the surface. And you do the same. And with that, we're coming down to the end. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 206. So on behalf of uh, our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Kyle Trahan. Michael Cropper, and the professor, Robert Koshy. My name is Bill Cox. It's been great uh, having you here. So whether you found us on SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, our website, which is at man-upspiritualoices.com, or pray.com. We're so glad you did. And Sugarline Baptist Church has opened up, but if your church has not, uh, log on to SugarlandBaptist.org at 945, and there is the Baptist streaming service. So you have a chance to worship with with the Baptists here in Sugarland. And if you're ever in our area, now that we are opened up, don't hesitate to stop by uh, for the Man Up Men ABF Belt Bible Fellowship. But we want to encourage each and every one of you to join a local. Bible-based church Why local so you'll go. Go participate. Get in a small group, kind of like what we have here, and find one that's men only, and if there is one, start one. This is Men Up! You've been listening to Man Up. You've
1: butt- I want the truth! You can't handle the truth!
0: Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men.
4: If I were the man I was five years ago,
0: I'd take a flamethrower to this place! contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up podcast.